Welcome to Boston Children's Answers. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Arnold. As a mom and a doctor, I'm passionate about helping kids stay healthy and happy. So join me as I chat with other Boston Children's experts to find answers for you and your family. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about dental health and specifically dental anxiety. Before we get started, let's hear today's parent question. Hi, I'm Joe. My son doesn't want to go to the dentist. I don't know what his older brothers said to him, but he just doesn't want to go. I've tried everything and nothing's working. Is there something I can do? It may sound a little cliche, but going to the dentist can be scary for kids and adults. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how to manage that anxiety. With us is our guest expert, Dr. Elaine Smith. Dr. Smith is a pediatric dentist at Boston Children's Department of Dentistry. Hi, Dr. Smith, and welcome. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really excited about our conversation. Before we get started, one of the questions I always like to ask our guests is, how did you choose the specialty that you are in? So when I was in dental school back home in Ireland, I had some really great mentors in the pediatric clinic. They're still great friends of mine to this day, and they were my pediatric faculty. They inspired me to follow this path, I suppose. I worked in general practice for a couple of years after dental school, and I noticed that seeing the kids was the highlight of my day. No offense to the adults that I used to see. And then the more years that passed, the more I realized childhood is such a good time to get good habits in, to Mm. get prevention going. And if you can encourage kids early and get them comfortable at the dentist early, then they may have a lifelong happier experience at the dentist. So after about five years in practice, I went back to Trinity in Dublin to do my postgrad. So you must have really fallen in love because you had to go back to school, right, to do more training for pediatrics specifically. Yes. Clearly, you know, I think the two of us are biased in this room, but pediatrics is the best way to go. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, before we get into dental anxieties, just in general, what is the importance of going to the dentist? The earlier you go, the better. The child gets used to having dental checkups regularly. It becomes part of their normal life routine, much like going to the pediatrician. And then if you can go every six months, then that keeps on top of things. It keeps that link. The dentist is a familiar person. The dental office is a familiar environment. And then also the dentist can detect things that may come up as early as possible so we can prevent things before they become an issue. So that's kind of so where early. we're coming from. Yeah. So really early. So as parents, we shouldn't feel silly trying to call our dentist. No, uh, to, absolutely to, to, not. To, no. to bring our child in it. No, absolutely not. A lot of the time, you know, there's not that much to see, but it is still a good opportunity. When we're new parents, we get so much information thrown at us and it's hard to know what is the right thing to do and what's not the right thing to do. And especially teeth are such an unknown entity a lot of the time. So it's a good opportunity to link in with a dentist who can say this is what's normal, what's not normal, how to brush teeth, how to keep the mouth clean. Which is so important for parents. I remember when I brought my two kids home, respectively from China and India, they didn't have probably the greatest of dental care. And we needed a lot of guidance in terms of how to help promote better dental care for them. So establishing what to do and what not to do as a parent is really key, I think. Yeah. And it's hard because we do get bombarded with so much and it's hard to know what the right thing is. So I think if you can have a relationship with a professional that you trust and that your children learn to trust as well, that's all very positive and beneficial. That's great. Well, how often should you go based on the age of a child? We usually recommend every six months or so. Some people may think every six months might be too much. Six months is a long time in the life of a baby, so it's no harm to get into that six monthly routine. And then that offers the opportunity to have fluoride varnish applied, update cleaning habits and things like that, check in on diet and if there's anything changing. And then as we grow that every six months is very important. 
That makes sense too, because again, especially as they get older, you might think as adults, right? I think it's only every year it's necessary. I could be wrong. You can tell me. I think it's. I think it's. Every six months still. Every six yeah. months. Oh, shucks. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally not compliant. So let me. A lot of people. Yeah, this is good. Let me work on that. So, okay. For adults, too, let the record be stated. All of us need Sorry. to learn. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> See, I learn something every day. I know. It's hard. This is great. Okay. So kids and adults every six months helps yeah. to keep us on top of things and yeah. healthy. And, and I imagine, too, my kids, when they lost teeth, I was like, is this the right age? Is it too early? And, yeah. you know, am I missing something? And when? to think about whether or not I need to see an orthodontist. All of those things, because our kids' teeth are constantly changing, I guess, constantly. is how I yeah, feel. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Parent. And one th- common thing that comes in, especially when it's their first child, parents come in, and when the child is around six, they'll say, oh, is this normal? And it would be like where you've got a double line of teeth at the front. And yes. that's completely normal. That's how teeth develop. The permanent teeth develop behind the baby teeth. But again, we don't get a handbook when we become parents. No. I wish we did. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that, when it's your first child, it can be quite alarming. Yeah. It's normal. And we get the opportunity to provide that reassurance when we see the parents very frequently with their kids. Okay, so now that we've established that clearly I'm not going to the dentist as frequently as I should, (laughs) what happens if we don't take our kids to the dentist regularly for checkups? What could happen? If there's a long gap between when they go... That allows things like cavities to form. But even on a very basic level, you can have more plaque buildup. When plaque hardens, it becomes tartar. That can be very difficult to clean off the teeth and you're not going to be able to clean it at home. So that means mm. the cleaning that has to be done at the dentist is a bit more involved. It's not fun. No, it's the scraping, which nobody really likes. When I go to the dentist, I don't particularly enjoy that either. So it's nice to not have to do that quite so often if we can avoid it. And then also, if you've got lots of plaque on your teeth, you're more likely to get gum disease. Mm. And then cavities that everybody knows about. A lot of people don't know if we see cavities early that we can actually reverse them or prevent them from getting bigger once they're in the enamel. So if we don't detect them early, we can't offer that specific advice. If you're regularly keeping up with your checkups, your paediatric dentist will be able to see your child's mouth develop and be able to monitor how the teeth are sitting. And if it looks like they have a lot of crowding or if some teeth are missing, like not coming in in the correct sequence, or if they've got a very big overbite or something like that, if it's something that needs orthodontic intervention at an earlier stage, they can provide the appropriate advice and referral. Some things are easier to treat earlier than others. And then equally, if it's something that you know is going to come down the tracks, kind of nice to be prepared. So I think from that point of view, then it's really good to keep up regular contact with your dentist. I'm hearing from you and kids, everything is developing and changing and they're going to lose their baby teeth and get the new teeth and ensuring that all that happens the way it should. In addition to preventing cavities and tartar and everything, it just makes sense to go earlier to help from a prevention perspective and from a treatment option perspective. Yeah, also the opportunity for lots of anticipatory guidance, you know, because diet that's healthy for teeth is also healthy for your whole body. And then in school-aged kids who are doing lots of sports, we can give a lot of advice about trauma management or trauma prevention with mouth guards. And then Mm. if something like that happens, then we can manage it and again it's not an emergency so it's all a bit more positive that's the aim of pediatric dentistry is to try and make things more positive so we've got happier adult dental patients in the long run exactly and preventing those problems exactly. so in order to get those benefits though do parents need to be seeking a pediatric dentist or how do they know what type of dentist to seek for their child Paediatric dentists are specially trained to look after children, so they're going to be most familiar with paediatric issues, monitoring the growth and development of a child. In dental school, you do receive some training in paediatric dentistry. So if you have a family dentist who's a very good dentist and your family is comfortable with them and you trust them, and they're happy to see children, then you can bring them there as well. It's like anything. Word of mouth is a good, a good, way. Is a good way of finding a provider that's suitable for you and your family. 
the other thing that I imagine is always helpful if you're unsure about how to find a pediatric dentist or whether or not to seek a pediatric dentist is to talk to your pediatrician. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Our pediatricians are a wealth of knowledge. I know I ask my pediatrician lots of silly, well, silly to me questions that they probably get all the time. Absolutely. They are really great allies in the child oral health space. So for sure. Perfect. So if you're unsure... Talk yeah, to your pediatrician. Absolutely. So let's circle back to our parent question that Joe had about his youngest being afraid to go to the dentist. What are some of the reasons that you hear from either parents or kids themselves about why they're afraid to go to the dentist? There are so many different things that we hear. It can be something so simple as I saw something on TV. Or the parent is a little bit anxious and they're trying their best not to transfer it onto their child. But our kids know when we're anxious. So child kind of senses a bit of anxiety. So they're a bit apprehensive coming in. You know, our kids get so much information from so many different places these days. Kids talking together at school and everybody always tells their horror stories. They don't tell their happy stories. And a lot of it is a fear of the unknown. I find any new scenario is kind of hard to go into as an adult. As a child, it's even harder. There's weird smells, there's weird noises. There's all these people around. There could be multiple kids having treatment at once and somebody might be having a hard time so they can hear them. There's a lot of different variables. And that they've had a previous negative experience, that's a really big thing that can predict anxiety in the dental setting. So that's why the better that you kind of have the routine visits down so that they're not always coming for an emergency so that it might not be a negative experience. So it's important to go early when it's just a regular checkup. So that you can establish that comfort. Rapport. Yeah. In rapport. Yeah. yeah. And then a lot of children are afraid of needles and shots and things like that. So a lot of kids, even when they're coming for their checkups, they'll be like, am I going to get a shot today? Are you going to pull a tooth? And it takes a lot of time to reassure them and be like, no, we're not doing that today. That's not the plan. Any of that. So <laughs> it's kind of like a multitude of different things can all lead to being anxious in the setting. Well, and I'm just going to, again, come out here and share the things that I think I've not done well as a parent. I am pretty sure that in trying to coerce my children to brush their teeth, I might have shown them pictures of horribly decayed teeth (laughs) and saying, you're going to have to go to the dentist and you might have to get shots to fix this. And look at this. This is why you brush your teeth now. I don't think you're alone in that. I think that's a very normal thing to do because we also show that as educational. This is what happens when you don't brush your teeth and we just show the big cavities. It's kind of normal. You know, it's it's a cause and effect thing. I think that's kind of normal. Okay, good. Because then I think my children might be like, I don't want to go to the dentist. I think I had the wrong reaction. So maybe I included the shot too much. <laughs> maybe. I do often say to parents when they're preparing their child for an appointment, maybe don't say shot, don't say needle, yes. don't say any of those words. It's like an elephant in the room. If they're not thinking about that and you introduce it, then they're like, oh no, I didn't even think that was going to be a thing. We do the same in pediatrics for your general pediatric appointment. We tell yes. them don't talk about getting a shot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, we all need to get our shots, but yeah. but you don't want to make it the focus. Uh, exactly, so exactly. Because it is only a small part of what has to be done. Yes. And we can manage a lot of the anxiety around it pretty well. Okay, parents, try not to talk about the shots. (laughs) Now that we've talked about some of the fears that kids can have, is there any difference for kids going to the dentist for the first time versus those that have established a long-term relationship with their dentist? Do you see a difference in anxiety level? I think it depends. Certainly for a lot of kids, if they've been going like regularly and it's become a very predictable environment for them, those kids tend to be less anxious and apprehensive about the appointment. There are kids who have had lots of dental work done who are super anxious because they've had those experiences. But equally, there are kids who have had lots of dental work done and it's all been very nicely managed and they've gotten on well and they have a good rapport with their dentist and they've been fine. Like anything in life, there's a lot of different factors that can influence it. So if they have any underlying anxiety anyway, like any generalized anxiety, that's going to make them more anxious. Mm. If they've had a lot of emergency dental treatment, 
that will make them a little bit more apprehensive probably. And even kids who've had a lot of medical interventions hmm. can be a little bit more apprehensive in the dental setting. And it's just that they've been through so much in yes. their life to date. They've had so many things happen to them and yes. have needed so many things to be done that this is one more thing that can just be too much. Those kids, I think, are often more anxious than others. Understandably. Yeah, so, absolutely. Because they've been through so much. And exactly. Like, even though this may just be a routine dental check for them. It's one more medical environment that they have to visit. So it very much depends on the child. And temperament plays into it as well. But I think for the most part, kids that are more used to it tend to be a little bit more relaxed than kids who are not. So I imagine as a pediatric dentist, you have so many tools and skills in your toolbox to helping any child who has fear and anxiety. Can you share a little bit about some of the things that pediatric dentists do to help decrease some of that anxiety and fear? I think pediatric dentists are very good at getting to know our patients. I will spend a lot of time talking about favorite colors. Pets <laughs> tend to be a good thing to talk about. School. Again, kids like talking about what grade they're in, that sort of thing. Sports, so I'll always try and find something to connect with them about. And I'll usually make a note of it so I know the next time, oh, that is so-and-so and and her favourite colour is pink and she likes unicorns. So we'll talk about unicorns. (gasps) So that ties into the technique of distraction because distraction is very helpful. Counting is also very helpful. I use counting a lot in my practice. Counting down specifically because that makes things very predictable. So that's trying to make them more comfortable, make them feel like they have a little bit more control of the situation. So I say, okay, do you want me to count down from 10 or 20? They'll usually choose 10. So I'll just do 10 slowly. But it still means they know once I get to one, I'll stop and take a break. And at least they get a breather from the noise. They get a breather from the water. They can just recalibrate a little bit and then go, okay, I can do another 10. You know, which is much easier than if someone is just working away and you're just sitting there being like, is this ever going to be over? And not having any sense of the end. Exactly. We can do a lot of other things to help make it more predictable for them. Another technique is tell, show, do. When you tell them what you're going to do and then you show them give them a little demonstration and then you do it. It's really helpful, especially if you have a child who comes in with a stuffy and they're really nervous about opening their mouth and letting you have a look in. So I'll often say, let's check Teddy's teeth. So we'll check Teddy's teeth, we'll count them and we'll look in my mirror. And then we look in the mirror and count Teddy's teeth and the child helps with counting. And then we say, okay, now it's your turn. And they're usually a lot more open to it after you've done some sort of an interaction like that. So I use mirrors a lot, even a face mirror. I'll have them like, you look in the mirror and you count your teeth. And then I'll look with them and then I say, okay, I've got my tiny little mirror. It does the same thing. And then they watch me do it. So it makes it a bit more predictable and a little bit more comfortable and takes away that unknown. Because when you're working in someone's mouth, you're very much in their personal space. So I feel that if we can take away some of the unknown, that makes them a bit more comfortable. And then even the environment itself is very important. The dental clinic environment. So a lot of pediatric offices will work very hard to make sure that they have child-friendly pictures on the walls, make sure things are bright and welcoming. There's a lot of research into what children feel comfortable with in terms of dress, in terms of decor, things like that. So we are very mindful about that. We do get a lot of training on that in our residency programs to help us plan for that sort of thing. And we just got our new clinic, which is Very spectacular, very much follows the principles of what a child friendly dental environment is like. So our patients are really happy (laughs) over there now. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, you're right. You go to a pediatric dentist and it feels like a happy place a lot of times. Sometimes there's things to distract them, like videos and things and and lots of pictures, like you said. And just the fact that you use the evidence of what we know helps kids feel more comfortable. Exactly. And designing that space with that in mind is huge. Exactly. Because it's not just plucked out of the air, it is actually grounded in evidence, which is the basis of what we do. So it's great. It is. 
When I think about my own kids, there's always a concern in the back of my mind of safety related to sedation. So what about sedation for kids? When do they typically need sedation when they're at the dentist? And how do pediatric dentists help to ensure safety? Sedation is definitely a good tool in our toolbox. There's different levels of sedation. We're very strict about how we do things. Right. Every child is so different and metabolism is so different. Yeah, so you um, have to be prepared. Exactly. And it has to be safe. It has to be with trained professionals. We have to make sure that we have someone who's trained in sedation and advanced life support because it's hard to control the levels of sedation. You have to be prepared for every eventuality. Yeah. We have to be set up for an emergency if that were to occur. So it's something that we don't take lightly, but we're very lucky to be able to offer. Yeah. And I think, like you said, like maybe having a conversation with your dentist about their safeguards. Do they have yes. the equipment needed to absolutely. help rescue? And is everyone trained? That you know. is definitely, as a parent, absolutely what I would ask about. So always make sure that the safeguards yeah. are in place. The state that we're in, Massachusetts, is very strict. It's with very regulated. Which but is, not which all states is, are like that. No, exactly. Our, so it's still yeah. important to always ask those questions, yeah. no matter where you are. Well, thank you. That's yeah. really important advice. Yeah, for sure. So you all manage anxiety and prevent or help manage it in the moment. What are things that we as parents can do to help our kids to decrease their anxiety for going to the dentist? Parents can really help by how they speak about it at home. When we're talking about preparing kids for the dentist, we will often tell parents either be mildly positive or just be neutral about it. Be very factual and say, yes, we're going to the dentist. They're going to count your teeth. They might take some x-rays. They'll clean your teeth. That's it. I think the less... Don't be like, oh no, you got to go to the dentist. Yeah, I think less is more for sure because sometimes... When we go over the top and really labor the point, like, oh, wow, we're going to the dentist. This is so exciting. And kids get a bit suspicious. Why is mom so excited about this? This is weird. Yeah. So I think smart. kids are very smart. We <laughs> underestimate kids all the time. There's no need to spring it on them as a surprise. I would say prepare for it. Oh, we're going to the dentist on Wednesday or whatever. And, you know, some of the stories they do hear can be scary for them. And they're worried the dentist is going to cause them some pain. So obviously that's going to be something they're going to be nervous about as well. So that's a big thing that we come up against. They come in the door and they go, oh, it's going to hurt. That's true. And you're right. Kids talk to each other. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. siblings and anyone. Yeah. Anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. The dentist does not do well in horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. If your child asks you something and you're not really sure, the best thing to do is just say, you know what? Let's ask the dentist when we get there because I'm not sure what they're going to do. Let's ask them and they'll tell you because we have ways of explaining things. We say sleepy jelly for the anesthetic gel. We say sleepy juice for the actual injection. So it's a lot friendlier than saying we're going to put some gel on your gum and then we're going to give you a shot. Yes. We don't really so don't be af- don't feel like you have to know the answers. As exactly. A like, exactly. We are here to help. We don't know all of the things all of the time as parents. We don't know all of the things all of the time as dentists. So we try and work together and form a partnership where we are here to support a positive experience for your child. That's really key. Yeah. Well, and along those lines, you alluded to it before, but pediatric dentists go through a significant amount of training to help with how to talk to kids and how to provide that safe environment and how to work with kids in the dental chair. Do all dentists go through that training or is this something specific to pediatrics? To become a pediatric dentist, you do four years of college and then in the US you do four years of dental school and then a minimum of two years of residency focused on pediatric dentistry. If somebody is a pediatric dentist, they have that additional training. Okay. General dentists are really good at lots of different things, but pediatric dentists would have that focus in taking care of children and have done that extra training and sedation and behavior guidance and how to interact with children and parents more so than a general dentist. Because kids are not little adults. Their dental needs, in addition to their emotional needs of coming to the dentist, are very specific. Very, very specific, yeah. Yeah. It's not the same as just having a smaller form of an adult. It's not the same thing at all. Because developmentally is different. The level of understanding is different. Even between a two-year-old to a four-year-old to a six-year-old, 
all very different. So even within childhood, it's not a one size fits all approach. Yeah. Especially when we're seeing children every six months, every however long, a lot can change in that time. So it is important for us to be mindful of that. So we have to do a lot of training in psychology, development, all those things. I'm just going to tell you a little bit of my personal experience. When we brought our kids home, I was really nervous about their dental health because Zoe was two and she didn't have all her many teeth, really. So I knew she was already a little bit behind yeah. in the failure to thrive issues. And I know that can affect teeth. So we sought out specifically a pediatric dentist because I thought they might be more equipped, not only knowing how to care for my child's teeth, but also having some of the skills needed to help them to have less anxiety because I knew that there was a language barrier and yeah. they were nervous. They hadn't probably ever been to the dentist. So... I was just curious if you had any thoughts or recommendations, particularly for parents who have kids who may have more complex medical needs yeah. or maybe even a neurodiversity, if there are certain things that we should be looking for in our dentist. Kids who have any type of additional need, that ranges from a kid who's really anxious at the dentist all the way to the most medically complex kids that we see here. For those cases, definitely a pediatric dentist is in their best interest because we do lots of additional training. Like you mentioned earlier, we go back to school, we do extra years of training, we do specific training in child behaviour and how to work with child psychology to help children feel more comfortable, you know, little tricks like making things more predictable. Is there anything yeah. that you approach differently in those populations? We always have in at the front of our mind that every person is an individual. That's where I start. I meet families where they're at. I meet children where they're at to the best of my ability and try and bear in mind other challenges that they have. For sure, people who are on the autism spectrum or have any other sensory differences or any neurodiversities, the dental environment can be very challenging because it is a very sensory environment. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things that for a neurotypical person it's no big deal. It's just lights. It's just a noise. But for a person with sensitivity to sounds, a very mild hiss from a suction can be so irritating. So I try to be very conscious of things like that. And I know all of my colleagues are the same. So we're very conscious to ask families what works for your child, what doesn't work, because that's also super important to know. And our team at the Department of Dentistry here, we are a big children's hospital. So a significant proportion of our population do have some degree of medical complexity. We see children with generalized anxiety, with autism spectrum disorder, with Down syndrome. We see a lot of children with cancer, with heart disease. We have a lot of children who have a lot going on in their lives. These are the kids that have had lots of interventions and we're just like one more person telling them that they need to have something done or they need to do something. Those are the kids that brushing their teeth twice a day is like, really? I have to take this many meds and I have to do this X, Y, Z. And then this person is telling me I have to brush my teeth. So we do have to bear all that in mind as well, that teeth are really important but they can be really, really challenging for families to manage as well because they've got someone else on their plate. Yeah, their plate is already full. Very full. Yeah, That's overflowing in many cases. You take each individual where they're at and you try yeah. to meet their individual needs. And I think that's what makes it so valuable to see a pediatric dentist. Yeah, I think that's the number one. We are experts in teeth and all things to do with the oral cavity. At the end of the day, families are the experts in their children. And I think it's really important to validate families for that, especially families with these children who have medical complexities. We work in partnership with our parents. For instance, we always have self-management goals at the end of every recall visit. We'll recommend that you brush two times a day consider using a fluoride toothpaste and ideally get rid of juice or a two-year-old is still breastfeeding overnight you'd say try not to breastfeed overnight or wipe the teeth after feeding we try and offer it as like a menu of things that we can work on and 
some families are like, you know what, I really just can't do that right now. So we try and choose one or two things that's achievable. The goal that we can work on together, try this at home and see how it goes. And if they've managed to get into the swing of the brushing and the flossing and whatever you've decided to work on, then we can move on to new goals. I think that kind of an approach is really helpful for families. It's really important that we build an alliance. A lot of people look at the dentist like, the dentist's <coughs> going to tell me I have cavities and da da da. It's a shame, but I see where it's come from. It would be nice if we could turn that around as yes. best we can. And I know that's what pediatric dentists try to do in general. That's how we operate. Yeah. Well, you're kind of functioning, it sounds like to me. You're like your coach. Yeah, so. that's what we want. I remember reading something once that dentists are one of the only professions that try really hard to go out of business. Because huh. I'm not sure if I have that exactly correct, but we're always going on about like to prevent cavities, but yet people come to us have their cavities fixed. I would love to just see my patients every six months for a chat and yeah. catch up on favorite colors and see that their teeth are favorite music. Perfect. <laughs> the ideal world. So, I mean, that's a dream. Until then, we can fix the things that need to be fixed, but work on building happy, healthy child dental patients that grow into happy adult dental patients. I don't know why this came into my head right now, so you can take what it's worth, but all of a sudden I was just thinking, my kids actually initially were very nervous to go to the dentist, but then they started loving the dentist, and do you want to know why that is? They love the dentist. The treasure chest at the end. (laughs) I was like, I bet their dentist has a really good treasure chest. Yes, they had a great treasure chest, and all of a sudden I was like, we're going to the dentist? Okay! The treasure will be good. My son is the same. (laughs) He loves going to the dentist because he gets prizes. <laughs> yep, exactly. So that's something probably pretty unique to pediatric yeah, dentists. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's true. We, we just bribe our, our patients. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We all do it as parents. Yeah, so. but it's important. I do think it's important. Like, they go through something hard. Even the most relaxed pediatric patient, it's not a natural environment for them. Yeah. They're not in it every day and they do so great. And for the kids that find it hard and they still get through it, I think everybody deserves a treat at the end of it. So yeah. the treasure chest is highly important, I think. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I love that story. So we've talked about a lot. I feel like I've learned a lot as a parent, things I should do, I should not have done. And I hope our audience has learned a lot too. So overall, are there any do's or don'ts that can help parents to promote good dental health? Start early with good habits, as as I probably have said about 10 times already. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I really labor that point. But in all seriousness, once our kids' teeth come into the mouth, that's when the important time starts. Try not to have kids going to bed with a bottle of juice or a bottle of milk. They can bring a bottle of water to bed or make sure to clean their teeth after they're finished. So that would be a number one thing that I would say would prevent a lot of early early childhood cavities. And then another really good tip that I learned in my postgrad training that I have used every single day since <laughs> is advising parents to brush their kids' teeth while they're laying down, which a lot of people huh. are very surprised about. But actually, it's the easiest way to brush a toddler's teeth because toddlers are very squirmy. So I know my little boy, if I tried to brush his teeth standing up, he'd running away from me. Oh, yeah. Whereas if they're lying down, you know, it can be part of the normal bedtime routine. You know, we have our bath or our shower, we get into our jammies and then he brings his toothbrush, we lay down and then you can get right in, have a good look around and see all the teeth and brush a lot easier that okay, way. So. I needed you like <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> oh, I don't know about good that. Idea. But yeah, I think that's really important. And then a good thing to remember is two minutes twice a day, brush your teeth. Just make sure that you're helping them to brush their teeth until they can tie their own shoelaces or colour in between the lines, whichever is the earliest. But usually the shoelaces is a good indicator of dexterity. All right. That's yeah. good. That's a really helpful tip and yeah. so important because, yes, my kids were moving targets for me to brush their teeth. Mine definitely <laughs> is a moving target and some, some days it's easier than others and I'm a pediatric dentist. The important thing is perseverance and getting in there. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Smith. This has been yeah, thank you for such a me. great conversation. So much fun. And yeah. we learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so...
Now on to doctor's orders. This is the part of the show where we help prescribe an action that you can take today to help raise healthy kids. So for today's advice, know that oral health is important for your overall kids' health and to start early. If your child seems to be having anxiety going to the dentist, it's always a good idea to talk to your child and most importantly, talk to your dentist, give them a heads up so that they can be prepared with all of the skills that they have in their toolbox to help make that experience for your child as low anxiety as possible. Thanks for listening to Boston Children's Answers and a special thanks to Joe, our parent, and to Dr. Elaine Smith, our pediatric dentist. If you'd like to hear more podcasts, tune in and subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.